Welcome back to the Nerdy Merc, where you will find all things comic books, culture, current events, and the like. This is Jeff, and I am the Nerdy Merc. Like the podcast, subscribe, and make sure you leave a five-star review. Give us freedom. Wild moment, Trump fan in, and I can't make this up, barbecue, beer, and freedom shirt hijacks a press conference in Nevada to slam the, quote, Biden crime family, end quote. That is from the Daily Mail UK. You know what? That doesn't do it justice, Jeff. What are you doing? You guys need to hear this for yourselves. I... Um, yeah, here it is. As I mentioned, we are not prepared to give that number The Biden-Troy family steals the election! The media is covering up! The Biden-Troy family steals this election! The media is covering up! The Biden-Troy family steals this election! The media is covering up! We want our freedom for the world! Give us our freedom, Joe Biden! Joe Biden is covering up this election! He's stealing it! Where were we? What was the last question? <laughs> Oh my God, I can't make this up. I think the best part of that was the the exasperated sigh. By, now, this is at a press conference. I, I'm not sure where, where in Nevada, but it was at a press conference in Nevada. And the guy standing there, he's standing there. He's got his official looking shirt on. He's got a mask on and he just goes, all right, what was the next question? Where were we at? And he just continues on. This dude comes up and he he straight looks like the Tiger King. He's wearing camouflage cut-off jeans, a sleeveless shirt that's in red, white, and blue that says barbecue, beer, and freedom, and he's wearing a chin diaper. Okay, and by that, you've all seen it. The guy that wears the mask around his chin. And you can see, he looks like the Tiger King. I swear to God, it's it's freaking hilarious. You, let's hear that again. That was just, that was just so awesome. And he just walks off. You know, there was, to, to the official's credit, there was a security guy there that came up to him and just kind of stood there and made sure he didn't do anything. But they let him speak. And I thought that sounded really, really, really familiar. And it took me a second. I had to put on the old dunce cap. I mean, excuse me, the thinking cap. And I had to think about it. Where where have I heard that before? I got to stop them. I was kidnapped by space aliens 10 years ago. They did all kinds of experiments on me. They've been studying us for years, finding out our weaknesses. We've got to stop them. They're going to kill us all. Man, I, I thought Russell Case died on Ju- July 4th, 1996. Apparently, he survived flying his fighter jet right into the primary weapon of the alien ship. And now he is fighting the Bidens just as hard as he fought the aliens. Kudos, Mr. Case. <laughs> oh, man, you can't make this stuff up. This, that's just, I, I love this country. I do. <laughs> You're listening to the Nerdy Merc. Man, I'm glad I'm glad I ended that last little bit with a laugh because now now I'm going to talk about something that's that's the opposite 
of laughter and good times. Game show ho. Oh, dear Lord, Jeff. Use your words. Game show host Alex Trebek, the face of Jeopardy, dies at 80. This was today. According from Reuters.com, game show host Alex Trebek, who as the brainy quizmaster of Jeopardy became one of the most recognizable personalities on American television, died on Sunday at the age of 80, the show said on its official Twitter account. Now, this, this is not really a surprise. Alex Trebek was diagnosed last year, early last year, with stage four pancreatic cancer. Now, if you recall, stage four pancreatic cancer is what took Patrick Swayze eleven years ago. Holy crap! That was a that was two thousand nine. Dang, time has just flown. And that that's when Michael Jackson died too, two thousand nine. Wow. Anyway. Stage four pancreatic. Let's see, March March of two thousand nineteen. So just was was when he announced he was diagnosed with it, and he worked almost all the way up until the end. You know, I I can't imagine. You know, there is no stage five. Stage four is it. I'm I'm not familiar with anybody who survived stage four of any time, any kind of cancer because stage four things are pretty bad. I'm not an oncologist, so I don't know exactly what it means, but I know, like I said, there's no stage five. And pancreatic cancer is not one of the cancers that can be cured, from my understanding. At least not once it's stage four. Maybe earlier, but... uh, You know, I gotta give him some massive, massive props. Because, like I said, he worked through chemotherapy almost all the way up to the end. Does this article say when he when he stopped working? Um let's see. Uh the gigs that I don't see I all I know is that okay, I don't see anything in this article about it. But I do know that once once I heard that he was diagnosed with it, I'm like, oh man, that's that's it. There's He's going to probably retire from Jeopardy pretty soon and die shortly after. And and he continued hosting, hosting the show for at least a year. I mean, it's been a year and a half since he announced the diagnosis. And I remember, I remember being optimistic because I saw clips of him on Jeopardy since his diagnosis, some of them recently, with just over the summer, I believe. And he looked healthy. I'm fairly healthy. He looked kind of gaunt, a little skinny. Nothing to, nothing to be surprised about, especially you know, stage four pancreatic cancer. But it looked like he was at least keeping it in check, and he looked otherwise healthy. I've seen I've seen people up close with stage four, no, not pancreatic cancer, but lung cancer, and they don't usually look anywhere near as good as he did. So, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Jeopardy. I'm I'm a massive trivia nerd. I love trivia questions. I get them emailed to me every day and 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 send them to my family so I can get there. I mean, I just I love trivia. So Jeopardy was right up my alley. 
I, I I remember watching Alex uh, Jeopardy as a kid. Yes, I was. A, I like Golden Girls as a kid too. So, you know, I'm not sure what this says about me, but it was I. That might have been my first exposure to a trivia type contest. 2020 sucks. Rest in peace, Alex Trebek. You're listening to the Nerdy Merc. You know what? We need something uplifting after that last little bit. If you don't do anything else today besides listen to my beautiful, deep, sultry voice, I don't know if, I don't know if sultry is the right word to describe my voice, but whatever. If you don't do anything else today but listen to me, go to the YouTubes. Yes, I said it that way on purpose. Go to YouTube, type in Kiefer Sutherland Tackles Christmas Tree. Kiefer Sutherland Tackles Christmas Tree. You won't be disappointed. (laughs) I heard about this. Yes. I don't even know what today is. What is today? Monday? No, it's Sunday. Um, Oh, wow, Jeff. Uh, So I heard about a Friday. Kiefer Sutherland Tackles Christmas Tree. And you go there, and it's a video of Kiefer and some. You know what? How about let's you hear the te- you hear the audio, and 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 then I'll fill in the details. Hey, Kiefer, you a pirate, man? That would explain everything. Now that little you hear at the end was him flying off and taking and doing a nice, nice form open body or open field. Body tackle of a Christmas tree. It looks like in a mall or a department store. And so, <laughs> so if you didn't catch it, he goes, hey, Kiefer, you a pirate, man. Hey, Kiefer, you a pirate, man. That would explain everything. There may have been some alcohol involved. <laughs> I actually found an interview with Kiefer Sutherland where he was talking about this incident. And uh, yes, there actually was alcohol involved, but there was more context. Apparently, like some tabloids got a hold of it and were like, "Kiefer's on a bender" or some something dumb like that. And so he 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 likes to explain. And you know what? Don't hear it from me. Hear it from him. Oh well, okay, good. I get to straighten this one out. First of all, I bought the Christmas tree from the hotel. And we were doing a documentary about one of the bands on my label, Rocco DeLuca. And it's in the documentary, and that's what it was used for. And it was after Christmas. It was, I believe it was right after New Year's. Their tree was still up. I said, I know you're going to take the tree down. There's this thing we'd like to film. Do you mind if I do this? And I just did it. And to me, it was hysterically funny. And it was hysterically funny. I, I, I swear... I, I apologize for ruining the fun by providing the context. That's me. I have been called a killjoy before by my friend, Representative Jim Lucas, uh, uh, who, congratulations, if you're listening, by the way, on your re-election to District 69 down in Seymour. Look forward to keeping you in the Indiana State House. But anyway, I've been called a killjoy by him more than once because that's exactly what I am. And... I apologize, but I always like the context. And to be honest with you, I wasn't even trying to ruin it. I was watching the video and cracking up like, oh my God, Kiefer Sutherland just tackled a Christmas tree in a mall or something. And 
it was, as you heard, it wasn't a very long clip, and YouTube just automatically loaded the next clip, which, which was the interview of him explaining it. So you can thank YouTube for being the ruiner of the fun, not me. Not my fault. <laughs> You're listening to the Nerdy Merc. So some of you know that, well, if you've been listening to this show, you all should know that I recently reread 1984. First time I read it was as a like a 15 or 16 year old kid. It was a book in the library. And I was just like, well, that sucks. Glad that's fiction. Didn't really think anything of it until I recently reread it. There's you know, it's you should all go read it. It's very eye-opening. But somehow, and I don't remember exactly how. I just discovered a different book, similar genre, but written about 20 years before 1984 by a man called Aldous Huxley. Now, who is Aldous Huxley? Aldous Huxley, if I have this right, was a professor to George Orwell, so he kind of provided some inspiration I'm guessing. Hopefully. And according to a... What what year was this written? Uh, an article on goodreads.com on Aldous Huxley quotes the Neil Postman, the author of Amusing Ourselves to Death, Public Discourse in the Age of Show Business. I'm going to read. He's got a, He's got a couple paragraphs here, and I'm going to read them. We were keeping our eye on 1984, talking about the year. When the year came and the prophecy didn't, thoughtful Americans sang softly in praise of themselves. The roots of liberal democracy had held. Wherever else terror had happened, we, at least, had not been visited by Orwellian nightmares. But we had forgotten that alongside Orwell's dark vision, there was another, slightly older, slightly less well-known, equally chilling Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. Contrary to common belief, even among the educated, Huxley and Orwell did not prophesy the same thing. Orwell warns that we will be overcome by an externally imposed oppression. But in Huxley's vision, no big brother is required to deprive people of their autonomy, maturity, and history. As he saw it, People will come to love their oppression, to adore the technologies that undo their capacities to think. What Orwell feared, excuse me, what Orwell feared were those who would ban books. What Huxley feared was that there would be no reason to ban a book, for there would be no one who wanted to read one. Orwell feared those who would deprive us of information. Huxley feared those who would give us so much that we would be reduced to passivity and egoism. Orwell feared that the truth would be concealed from us. Huxley feared the truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Orwell feared we would become a captive culture. Huxley feared we would become a trivial culture, preoccupied with some equivalent of the feelies, the orgy-porgy, and the centrifugal bumble-puppy. As Huxley remarked in Brave New World Revisited, the civil libertarians and rationalists 
whoever who are ever on the alert to oppose tyranny, quote, failed to take into account man's almost infinite appetite for distractions, end quote. In 1984, Orwell added, people are controlled by inflicting pain. In Brave New World, they are controlled by inflicting pleasure. In short, Orwell feared that what we fear will ruin us. Huxley feared that what we desire will ruin us. And that's the end. So I went out and bought Brave New World. I'm going to be giving that a read. I got to say, that seems dead on with much of society right now. I've never been able to put it into words like that. And you can't imagine my surprise when I found out that that was put into words what, 40-something years before I was born, and I'm 41. That blew my mind. That's, that's almost prophecy for crying out loud. So, I'm not going to say Orwellian anymore. Or probably not. If it applies, you know, like, well, if it applies, I will. But for everyday life, I'm going to go with the word Huxleyan. Copyright patent pending. I want a quarter every time someone says Huxleyan. That's terrifying. But that is reality. Go to any college campus. And my, my experiences on college campus have been over for six or seven years now. But every kid was glued to their phone. Every, everybody, nope. Think about all of the states that are, you know, pushing to legalize what oh crap what um Oregon or Washington Oregon just decriminalized like every drug ever that gets it's a hundred dollar fine now you know indulge yourselves over overstimulate your pleasure centers keep you docile keep you placated keep you pacified pacified scary man it's really scary. Once again, we have reached the end of the show. I am the Nerdy Merc. You can reach me at 317-978-NERD. That's 317-978-6373. Or www.nerdymerc.com. And by email, jeff at nerdymerc.com. You can also find me at The Nerdy Merc on Facebook, YouTube, and all the podcasting sites at Nerdy Merc on Twitter and Parlor and Nerdy Merc 79 on Instagram. If you can't tell, I like the brand. Go there, subscribe, follow me, give me a like, and tell your friends. Have a great day. Nerdy Merc out.